Welcome to Stormboy Speaks, Beginnings Part 4. Today we're going to be carrying on our discussion from last time where we ended discussing the idea of the two gods in the Garden of Eden that we now know to be warring brothers, nothing more from another extraterrestrial hominoid race much like any other humans but larger in build and <clears throat> the consequent family warrings that continued from this point on so basically in the story of Genesis we have the beginnings of an allegorical tale telling us from one perspective particularly that is the perspective of the god Enlil Yahweh and his lineage the history as it were of his tribe now that tribe or his family lineage is in fact the history of the Jews the Hebrews that's correct now we'll see in a second that um whilst it's totally biased from his point of view as I discussed last time so that in his story we saw that the snake in the Garden of Eden that has always been the symbol for his brother Enki who was the um, illegitimate son um, that obviously has been seen from that point on as a point of um, negativity so that the snake in Western culture not in Eastern interestingly is largely associated with this very negative trait and that's because it was biased from that day one by Yahweh now equally that doesn't mean and I think people make this mistake people in humans love to um, polarize things so that we tell stories of good and bad and you know who's the good guy and the, whereas if I tell you about people you know most people are aware that the vast majority of friends and family and whoever they know um, are, on, are somewhere along that that balance of polarities they certainly are not good or bad they're good sometimes they're bad sometimes you know they're good in different scenarios and that's the truth of all you know aspects of, of reality really there are very few aspects um, that are purely one side or the other yes of course some people are much more some things are much more negative and some things are much more positive in nature of course this is a given but largely speaking we're talking about personalities and these are humanoid creatures very very humanoid they are essentially us with where we get all our traits from I would argue seeing as they spliced us we saw that last time with the hominoids on the planet and a lot of their behavior patterns when you read the, the cuneiform tablets you you see the similarities um, between humans and these these gods so in the first place this snake god Enki symbolized by a snake nothing more nothing sinister it didn't turn into a snake or any of this nonsense simply symbolized by a snake because he was affiliated with it as his symbol he was seen as the he was demonized in the Bible 
okay? Now, as you go through the Bible, you realize that you go to the stories of, um, let's say, when you get to Moses. Now, what's interesting with Moses is, of course, in the story of Moses, we have Moses brought up by an Egyptian princess and effectively has a you know, brother, Ramesses, who's Egyptian, an Egyptian pharaoh to be. Now, here you have the two blood lineages of the brothers. Just like in the Bible, when it says we have the sons of, you know, you had Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. And then there was the line of Cain, who was seen to be the bad guys, right? And Abel, who was, uh, sorry, and uh, Seth, who was the, the other line that was left, the other brother that was alive. And he was seen to be the good line, right? Now, so those lines directly relate to the other lineages in the Bible and to the gods of Sumeria. So the line of, um, of Seth being the good line, if you like, is of course the line of Moses in the Bible, right? Now, interestingly, though, the line of um, the line of uh, Cain is very directly connected to Egypt. In fact, all the Egyptian gods are from the line of Cain. They are Canaanite lands. Generally speaking, they're affiliated to Canaan, right? Which is seen as this demonized side because he was the bad brother, you know, from the story. Now, <clears throat> the reality here is that, of course, when you hear of these stories in the Bible, you come across that the Canaanites worshipped a god called Baal, B-A-A-L, and where does that name come from? Babylon. Baal from Babylon. That's correct. And is often represented as a demon in the Bible. The reality is that was a name used for one of the other gods who is, of course, of the other brother's lineage, of Enki's lineage. And that god was, was Marduk and Ra, who is another god we'll get to in time because he's important. But at the moment, what matters is you see this separation and in the lineages, you see that what you've started off in the Garden of Eden, represented by two gods and their followers, is what you see continued on in the whole of the rest of the Bible. The interesting point here, as I say, is we get to Egypt, we've got the two directly opposite lineages who are in effect brothers. And of course, you know then in this story, they're going to become enemies and fight each other, which of course happens in the Bible and all the rest of it in Exodus. And, you know, Moses leaves Egypt and all the rest of it. But he's being brought up by his brother's um, teachers at that point. What's fascinating here is that Moses and lots of his other relations there were brought up in the Egyptian mystery schools, which was part of the way in which Enki gave knowledge to humans about some of their esoteric and spiritual traditions and knowledge of the universe which they passed on to certain humans. Now, 
to think then therefore that Enki is this wonderful benevolent god and he's the good guy actually which a lot of um you know theorists will come up with and they'll represent this i know that there's people like billy carson and um and other people will argue that you know he's the good guy well i'll argue that again like i said earlier there's no good or bad person here and remember these both of these gods both of these extraterrestrial rulers of our planet um from where we get the name Lord, by the way, why do you think it's the Lord that you praise? Because it's the Lord of the land, the Lord of the country, the Lord who owns you. Nothing nice about that. So try not to use that word if I was you um, in your prayers. So we'll talk about why not in a minute. So make no mistake that um, both of these gods are humanity's owners they are our slave owners and let's not you know beat about the bush humanity directly mentioned in the cuneiform tablets and numerous other places were created in sumerian history for one reason and one reason only and that is to be slave workers originally in mines to dig gold hence the phrase gold belongs to the gods and that is a uh, a returning phrase that uh, for instance was spoken in in aztec times that's right so that the, for instance the um the aztecs and the people of uh, sorry south america when the conquistadors arrived gave them all the gold and everything else because they thought they were the ruling gods because they were pale and they had beards that's right just like the Anunnaki. The only difference were, was they weren't really tall, but they seemed to miss that. Anyway, the point being, as I said, is they were about controlling humanity, nothing else. So was one of them really benevolent to the other not? No, I'd argue not. But it just seems to be the case that for some reason, um, Enki and possibly Thoth another of his lineage in Egypt, in the Egypt line, um, gave some of this mystery school knowledge to particular people. Now, before we get on to that, let's look at what I was saying about the line of Canaan uh, and the line of Seth. So the reason that's interesting when you come to Egypt, like I said, with uh, Moses and Ramesses, is that the line of Seth, right, in the Egyptian tradition, their dark god, their equivalent, as it were, of um, the devil, if you like, um, in, in the Bible story, their equivalent of that in their texts is called Set. And Set is this kind of dog-headed black um, deity. Um, who's very responsible for that he's the god of chaos, right, and darkness, etc. Now, the interesting thing about this is um, that the word Seth and the word Set are spelt exactly the same way. And it seems when you look at this lineage, that what is actually being said, because we know that this particular group are the line of Canaan, 
Seth is the line of Moses, right? Now, in the Egyptian tradition, who is demonized? Set or Seth. So, the demonized person in their stories is literally Seth himself or a representative of his lineage. Whereas in the Bible, of course, it's Enki and his lineage who are represented as the dark, demonic devil. In other words, you've got the same story, right? You've got two, I mean, in other words, it just depends on your perspective, as I said earlier. It's just that in the West, of course, people don't really study Egyptian mythology that much, and they certainly, the ones who do, Egyptologists are clueless, but there you go. Um, miss the point a lot and so if you can see this you see that both brothers writing things from their own perspective basically um, demonizing their brother's lineage to make themselves look better because it really was a war of two sides of the two two clans of you know the two brothers clans this is pretty much the story across humanity now, what's interesting, as I was just saying, is, however, at the time of Moses, because of this accidental crossover, him being brought up by his brother's um, uh, lineage for a while in Egypt, he was taught in the mystery schools. Now, it's at this point where we realize that, like any family, there are things where they, you know, and if you look at some of the texts, including things like the Enuma Elish, which is the um, the Babylonian creation myth, you'll you'll see that um, when they discuss the points about the families, there are oftentimes they will speak together and they'll be not friendly, but they'll be decent with each other. So again, what you have to realize here is, yeah, they're at war with each other. But ultimately, they're here to dominate humanity. So if it comes to that, that's above everything else. They're first and humanity's second. So how does this work for them? Well, that's a good question. I would argue it was like this. So they had the uh, mystery schools. Now, the mystery schools were created undoubtedly by Enki. In, in Egypt, it seems as though Enki was known as Ptah, the head of the original gods in Egypt, Ptah. Right? He had, his sons had different names there, and you see this, the same gods, but different names across the board. So, for instance, in ancient um, Babylonia and Mesopotamia, his son Marduk was then known in Egypt as Ra. His son Ningish Zida in Babylonian and uh, Mesopotamian times was known in Egypt as Thoth. And Thoth was later known in, in Greek times as Hermes, um, Hermes Trismegistus, thrice great Hermes. We'll come on to him at a later date. Um, <clears throat> so, looking at this mystery school tradition here, let's describe what this is and what it means. So we have an, in Egypt, I am um, set up for the first time, a school 
whereby some of these, as I said, some of the occult knowledge, some of the high-level spiritual and cosmological knowledge and, and, and mathematical knowledge was given to a number of people and I say people because they were humans or they were what they called demigods i.e. they were some of the first children of gods with men with mankind and there are a number of those and they are listed um, in the cuneiform tablets so you can see where you have these first sort of semi-divine as they were called beings you know because they were half mankind and half uh, you know Anunnaki as it were so um, they were undoubtedly the first people whom was this knowledge was given to. Why? Because well, the gods knew it already, okay, or could have access to it. And of course, this question came: Well, could they give it to? Should they give it to anybody else? Well, they want to give it to their children because it's their children, right? So even though these, their children were half human, they were their children. They loved them, whatever. And so obviously. They wanted to give them this knowledge and particularly from Enki's point of view then this makes sense he had um, children with a human woman and so this would be one of the first examples of where that was given um, also then what you had is things like priest lineages which to this day come from that place and that is that the first priest lineages were close to the bloodlines of the gods in other words you know two or three generations down their mothers had had sex with the gods and had children with the gods that's how it works and so from that point of view um, they wanted to give that same knowledge to their children because they're saying oh well you know my child is high lineage this is a big thing and of course in their tradition um, birth lineage was everything in other words like in the same way as to be king or queen it was the purest lineage that got it they were very much about that and that nonsense has been passed down to humanity and when we talk about pure bloodlines I mean what the hell does that matter but humans to this day it's that kind of Nazi kind of concept and we'll get to that as well because that ties totally into where this all comes from because the Nazis are affiliated with this whole connection at a point in the future you'll see this um, Arianism comes directly from the gods um, from the Anunnaki so they wanted to give this knowledge to these lineages. Now, does that make them so benevolent? Well, no, it makes sense, right? However, as it passed down to slightly lower, you know, level connections to the family, what happened was it was, it was available to those who chose it freely, but they had to prove their worth. In the same way as we think of and with martial arts schools, if you know anything about martial arts, the same idea, particularly in ancient times, you know, the cliche would be they'd wait three days outside of the, uh, of the Shaolin Temple, for instance, with no food or water to prove they're worthy even to enter and then if they could do that then they were allowed to enter and begin at a very low level and be treated you know with harsh um, treatment even then to start with so they could prove their worth well same sort of idea they would do this same thing uh, but you would be allowed in so in other words the idea was and if you look at William Bramley's work the gods of Eden very interesting his descriptions are good he gets it wrong in some places but this point he gets right and that is that yes um, 
there was accessibility for some humans at the time to these early mystery schools. Um, now, from that point onwards, what we see is why the occult came into play, where these ideas of, let's say, uh, negative and positively oriented beings, and where the ideas of, let's say, witchcraft, Satanism, Lucifer, the devil, and of course their connections to um, the idea of, you know, God, uh, there being this one God, um, come from. Now, we're going to look at that next time and uh, put it all together in a final piece of the beginning section to round it all off. Until next time, truth, freedom and balance.